Yes, it's that time again this week at Windsor after what has been a fairly long break, Dr. J. Had to dust off the microphones. It didn't pass the white glove test. We have had an absolute shocker. <laughs> anyway, we're back together. It's all happening. We've got a special guest coming up, which is fantastic. Stack of church news to get through first. What is happening? What is happening? Well going to give you the rundown on events, some cool stuff going on in the month of May. You might have thought we hit the highlights at Easter, but May is a lot going on. 13th of May, Missions Trivia Nights. You're oh. a big trivia guy, aren't you, Arden? We smashed it last year. Did you guys win? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, by, by a huge margin. So, Missions Trivia, 13th of May. It's a great time to come out and support missions. Uh, we do a lot of things in the month of May. We do a lot of things all year round for missions, but May is the month when the Baptists have said you must support missions support during missions. the month of May. And have fun doing it at the Trivia Night. That's it is. Right. It's a great night out. We had a great time last year. It is fantastic. Uh, Teresa is our events coordinator. She does so many great things. Huge team of helpers. Really encourage you to come out for that. 21st of May, we're doing baby dedications. Okay. So I guess it doesn't have to be baby. You could do child, but Pets. we're not doing pets. Twenty first of May, we're having uh, some baby dedications. It's a time where we invite families to bring their children, bring them up. It's a time of prayer and commitment. It's really an expression of faith of the parents as well as the faith of the congregation. It gives the church a chance to say, yeah, we, we as a community see this desire to raise these children in the Lord. And there's a baptism on the 28th of May. Not shocking at all. We have so many baptisms here. It's amazing. It's really cool. I was talking to uh, this person who's going to get baptized, and they were saying how they hit this point where they felt like there's a really strong, there's some strong emotions that they couldn't get through, and they they prayed and they they called to the Lord to to deliver them out of that, and they felt that freedom and release, and and they felt like he was saying the next step is to get baptized. So so that's cool. So we're going to celebrate that on the twenty eighth. Also on the 28th, your favorite thing on the calendar, Arden. I know you love this so much. It's time for the next quarterly meeting. Yes. If only yeah. we could have monthly church meetings. That would be so much better. I know, but you can't have everything you want. So yeah, quarterly church meeting, that's the budget meeting. So that's where we, we're going to, to try to present for the church kind of a vision for the next year and uh, assess sort of financially where we're at, what we think God's calling us to step into. So those are the events. Before we go to our special guest, we could also use some help with the young ones. Absolutely. We are really looking for people who are interested in putting the focus on the faith of our uh, primary school kids right now. It takes a, a good number of volunteers to organize kids ministry, and we could use some help in the K to six class. Um, I'm specifically going to put the challenge out there to some guys. I think guys they neglect a real opportunity to get around young kids for so for so many guys that I think they think it's a it's a ladies thing to do or something. I think that's very old thinking and it's not helpful sometimes. Uh, so I'm really putting the challenge out to men. I'd love to see three or four men step up and say, "Hey, I would love to help out with with kids church." And the last thing that I should bring up before we bring our guest on is to give an update on the pastoral search. So thank you to everyone who's been praying. I know the committee has really been appreciative of your prayers. We have gone through the process with the candidate and unfortunately that candidate has withdrawn their application so we are now <laughs> moving back a few steps in the process trusting the lord that that he has the right person in mind and so yeah we just invite people to continue uh, praying into this space 
Uh, we're going to be re-advertising, so uh, you'll find out more about that as it comes. But we did want to let you know we were close, and we had a recommendation, and then just at the last minute, uh, the person decided to withdraw their application. So please watch this space. Okay, well, enough about news and stuff on our end. Time to introduce this week's guest. Yeah, so thrilled. We have LT Hopper with us. Uh, he is with KCC. LT, what's your official title there? What What do they call you? My official title. I mean, they call call me all sorts of things, but my official title is Director of Church Partnerships and Content. Wow. For the Katoomba Christian Convention Center. Yeah, that's right. Now, we, we had a bunch of, of our own youth kids up at the Kick convention the other week and just saw amazing results i think we had a half a dozen kids either come down you know committing their lives to christ or re, you know recommitting reaffirming their faith there seems to be amazing fruit coming out of these things every year praise god yes i mean that that's part of the the visible you know expression that you see in your group which is multiplied across the group hundreds of kids making first time commitments recommitments and I think this year there's been an increase uh, in the category of wanting to know more. So, mm. you know, that's really encouraging as well. So, And then, of course, there's the invisible that we don't see that the Holy Spirit's doing all towards seeing people growing more like Christ in the kingdom of God. So, yeah, very exciting. So how long have you been with KCC? I've worked for KCC now in this role for five years. Mm-hmm. But my involvement with KCC... Well, I started attending in the kind of early to mid-90s, and then I actually was invited into a, a committee that ran one of the conventions that was called the City Youth Convention. That was that was the late 90s. That was the first time we sort of embarked on having an event, not in the mountains, but in the city, and that was a youth event as well, and we ran that for a number of years. And I think at its peak, we got about 5,000 people when Frank Retief came out and preached. Wow. Wonderful. Has it changed? Have the conferences changed much over the years? Oh, look, fundamentally, no. We live under the banner all one in Christ Jesus, mm. you know, living out that the truth of Galatians 3.28, that we are all one in Christ Jesus. So I think it's just been God's people gathering under that banner to sit under his word, that we might be all transformed, be more like Christ. So the kind of primary thing is the word being preached. And so that's always, yep, still the same. Obviously, it takes different forms as we we try to in, engage the co- you know current culture, mm. and that's obviously obviously crucial, and I think increasingly so. But you know, of course, music changes a bit, and essentially very similar. Now, my understanding, LT, is that you have some pastoral ministry in your background. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I was a, I was a pastor for twenty years. So I'm curious, how uh, how do you see the role of conferences like this fitting in with sort of general parish ministry? Is that, you know, you've been in both sides of it, I guess. How do you see that supplementing or complementing or contributing to, to what goes on at the local church level? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you probably experienced this as well, but certainly I did as a pastor. But um, And I, actually, I was speaking to a friend who brought their youth along the first weekend and they said one of the highlights was the speakers saying things that they've been saying for yeah. a while, but the kids sort of finally hearing it. Mm. <laughs> mm. And I guess the speaker, the speaker gets all the glory, but that's okay. Mm. So I think I think it's a sense of that hearing the same things, but in a, in a different context from a you know direct you know I don't know from someone different confirming 
So, you know, I, I see these things as affirming the, the, the work of the local church. It's preaching and teaching and, and discipling. And I think part of it is coming away. I mean, literally, we're on a, on a mountain, but coming away and having a little bit of that mountaintop experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's something about coming away for a, for a more extended period of time with people that you know well. And a key part of it, which you've, you've talked about, is having the experience of being called to make a decision, you know, whether that is to follow Christ for the first time or put to death a particular sin that you've been wrestling with or reconcile a relationship or, I mean, back in the 80s, a lady called Helen Rosevear preached. She was a missionary and she made a call and appeal for people to, you know, accept the call of God to do overseas mission work. And about 500 people made a response to that call. And, you know, we, we then saw them sent off from Katoomba for the next 10 years. Yes, I just think there's something about coming away mm. together in close community with God's Word, where God does a particular work. And I guess the crucial part for us, which you know, is why it's so important that youth come with local youth groups and leaders, is that when they make those kind of decisions, it's the local church's job then to follow up and disciple. Mm. So they, you know, they come together, and this is a moment in that discipleship sort of pattern or relationship, if you like. So you you talk about calling for a decision, and I love what you, I love what you're saying there. I think it's so crucial. So many times, you know, Jesus just drops the clangor. So what are you going to say? <laughs> Which side of this are you on? Yeah. How about you yeah. for yourself? Like, what was what was your experience in coming to faith? One of the things we like to do is hear how God called you know various people into His kingdom. Do you mind sharing a bit with us about your journey to faith? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to make be coherent as to why I like this sort of event. I mean, I grew up in a Christian family, you know, praise God, Mm. sort of never a time where I haven't known Jesus. But there was this points along the way where God called me to make a commitment to him that matched the age and stage that I was at. So when I was nine in 1979, so you can calculate how old I am, my family took me to hear Billy Graham, Randwick Racecourse. And I heard him Graham preach, he made the appeal to come out the front, and I nudged my dad and said, Dad, I want to make that commitment and go out the front. Yeah, so it was just one of those classic moments where someone was, you know, I'd, I'd been sitting and hearing, and I just, as a, as a young boy, needed to make a decision for myself that, that matched the understanding I had. And what was the wonderful thing there, the people that organized the follow-up were excellent. So just in the moment, but then afterwards, they started sending me, you know, resources that helped me read the Bible for myself. So that was when I really started to read the Bible for myself. I mean, so what a, what a great experience. The next couple of key moments were, I guess, that age and stage in my mid to late teens where you're working out really who you are uh, as a human and how you're going to navigate this world on your own as an adult, shifting into adulthood. And, uh, you know, the key part of that is whether you're going to continue in the beliefs, values, worldview that you've been brought up with or not and work out another path. And so, yeah, I went through that process of, of wrestling for myself, I guess, you know, as Jacob did. Thankfully, I didn't get injured in the hip <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I remember where I was, where it dawned upon me for the first time 
like I understood that it, as an event that Jesus died for me, but I remember the, the Spirit just opening my heart and mind to understand, I guess you could say, the mechanics of that. And so that Jesus died in my place. You know, so Romans 5.8 became a life verse for a while. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so it was that exchange. And, you know, the thing that really um, I was convicted about is, at that point as well, is, okay, if Jesus gave his life for me that I might have life, the only right response was for me to commit my life to him and all that meant. But, you know, that sense of a beginning or calling, whatever language you might want to use or conviction about whether it was right for me or I was gifted and affirmed in a way of, of pursuing maybe, you know, pastoral ministry as a vocation. Given that the um, the conferences are a key moment for so many young kids, you must get a lot returning, do you? As, you know, as leaders, as people in the church, as Christian parents, whatever, you must have a lot coming back through. Yes, well, interesting. At Easter Convention this year, I spoke to some friends and they had four generations of their family there. Wow. You know, these were the great-grandparents who had their kids. They had their kids, and then their kids had just had a couple of, you know, babies. So, yes, we do in a generational sense, but I think for kick, for example, yeah, there's a high retention rate for kids through high school. So, yeah, it's wonderful. Any any key moments or favourite memories for you from, the, from all of the conventions over the years? Yeah, I mean, it was... Very formative for me when I when I first started coming to Katoomba. I mean, uh, David Cook particularly when we first came preaching. Kind of one of the first times I'd heard someone teach the Bible in that kind of expository preaching way, where we we opened the passage and we we heard someone preaching in a way not not just not just to our minds, but then apply. Uh, and preach it, the implications for our for our life to our heart, and so our hands might act upon that. I mean, moments at Easter Convention as well, when Frank Retief came out soon after he had that tragedy in his church where that person came in and killed many people, and, and just the reality of hearing someone testify and share the testimony of so many others that of what God meant to them in that very moment of suffering and needing to forgive. Recently, Paul Tripp came out and spoke at our men's conference, which is called Base Camp. I was sort of sitting backstage and I couldn't see all the men. And I heard Paul say, look, if you want to make a commitment to this life and following Jesus, whatever that might look like for you, you know, I'd encourage you to stand. And I just heard the seats shuffle a little bit. And, you know, men, Aussie men are pretty understated. It takes a little bit to get them moving. But I could just, I looked up and I could see Paul, and he is often not one struck for, stuck for words, but he, he was, he, he didn't know what to say. And he called up someone to pray. And I looked out, and at least two thirds of the men had stood up in the auditorium, oh. you know, we're talking about 50. And, you know, and Paul came back and sat next to me, and he, he was in, like literally in tears. He was just so moved, and it was just, an amazing movement of the spirit, yeah. So there's just a, there's just a handful, yeah. That's fantastic. One of the things that sticks with me about KCC and what you guys do is, in an age that seems to be galvanized by high production shows, you know, high production music, podcasts, podcast, 
the podcast. This is, <laughs> this is not high production. <laughs> no offense to you, LT, but <laughs> I think we're doing pretty good just to get you on the phone. <laughs> but, uh, and it, yeah, in, a, in an age that sort of values high production and entertainment, I was there with the kids two weeks ago, and you walk in, and there's a pen, there's a booklet on the seat, and here's, you know, five talks over the course of really two days. And, and it's, here's the word. We're just going to give you the word. How, how do you, is there a tension in, in trying to maintain that line when you see the culture really uh, getting swept up into a lot of other things? Like, or, or is it, does it feel pretty just steady? This is what we do. Oh, no, look, I think there's always a tension there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I think the the tension is what you've just said, you know, kind of that, that need for high production because the reality is that's the, the air we breathe. You know, everyone can do a podcast, even you guys. Even us. Uh, <laughs> the lowest of the low. That's going to be our new tagline, <laughs> even us. Everyone so. can goes and, you know, you, you get your ring light and you're a master, right? That just means, I, I think, we could never match that. But we, yeah. we just, we've got to maintain a level of quality production so that it's not, you know, a distraction. But, all, but the thing is, the primary thing is the message and the content. So that, that's got to come through. And, and I suppose, of course, you, you just see the technology and the production as a servant, you know, serving the work. And so it's just that you never want that to become the master because mm. um, it's a terrible master. Yeah, it can certainly become the focus. I, I think at times, certainly in the Western church, we kind of forget that Jesus is the draw card and Jesus is the attractive thing. That will bring people in. Not all the other stuff we tried to build along the way, to, so they might, you know, eventually trip over him as they're doing all the other stuff we've given them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. While you're on the floor. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. I will say hats off to you guys, LT. This was, I think, a stroke of brilliance. I don't know who came up with this, but uh, Arden, you may have heard that when they introduced each speaker, they would have them play a round of Mario Kart oh, yeah. with a kid from the crowd, and they would quiz them about their life. They quiz the speaker about their life on the spot as they're trying to beat the kid in Mario Kart. And I will say, I was impressed. The speaker won most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which which is a little concerning. Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's, what's happening with these generations? Yeah, not, not my idea, but yeah, certainly, certainly a lot of fun. I mean, I, I'm not sure we got any real great answers out of the speech because they're a very one word, but, but you know, that's all right. All I know is I looked down the row and every kid in my group was on the edge of their seat. So I think it, it set the stage for saying, this is somebody I want to listen to. Um, there was one more question I had for you, which is around this idea of content. You said you manage content for KCC. So I want to, again, sort of probe some of that tension. We've all heard the term cancel culture. I imagine that the choices with respect to who's speaking, uh, what we promote in terms of content, uh, how do you navigate that? And more importantly, I guess, can you give any wisdom for the everyday person who finds themselves, you know, just maybe a bit fearful of how do I, how do I navigate all this content and how do I do it in a way that I know is going to promote the gospel and not, not perhaps cause division unnecessarily in places I'm not ready to, to tackle. Is there any wisdom that you could give? It seems obvious to say, but, you know, the obvious and assumed has to be said. Pray, mm. you know, pray that the Holy Spirit guides and directs you into truth. Mm. That's what we're told he does. I mean, we heard the testimony of a lady at Easter Convention who, through COVID, 
I mean, she was an atheist and then all, into all sorts of the new age things. She heard it, one of the new age teachers she was listening to start talking about Jesus and his teaching, which really repulsed her, but then felt compelled to explore. And so she jumped on the internet and just watched YouTube, you know, and you think, oh, that sounds really scary. <laughs> but somehow she came to faith in a, in a you know, in, in a, in an amazing way. Cool, cool. All right, well, we will leave it there. Thanks for joining us, LT. It was great catching up. Hopefully that was helpful and, you know, God might use it in some way. Always always happy to share some thoughts. Well, we appreciate all that you do and thanks for being a key part of, of really ministering and supporting, I think, the, the churches. I, I know when I was pastoring out in Burke, I went to an oxygen conference in 2013 and I tell you what, it, you know, the whole principle was a, taking a breath. I took about 10 breaths at that conference. It was <laughs> so formative. I don't think I'd have still been in ministry if it wasn't for that. So uh, thank you for all the work that you guys do, and, and we really appreciate it. And um, I, I mean that with utmost sincerity. Thank you. Well, great catching up with uh, LT Hopper from KCC. It would be so cool year after year just seeing just kids' lives being changed in, in the hundreds. You know, it's, it'd be awesome. It was really neat to see someone with a holistic view of kind of conference or camp ministry and see how that integrates and to really see that he's taking seriously the role of who we put on the platform. How do we structure that time? What's the essential thing that we keep, that we center the ministry around and what's the non-essentials that can change? I think there's a real lesson in that for churches who often get stuck in just doing the same thing over and over and over again because we were forced into this thinking that it's we either change everything or we change nothing. Um, and it takes discernment to work out what the main thing is. Well, good to catch up once again. So good to see you. I was beginning to wonder if you moved. Well, look, I thought about it. What will we do? Thanks for coming along for the ride, everyone. And hopefully we'll catch you again soon.